Welcome to Through the Firewall, conversations with Force 3 about the changing world of IT and network security. Welcome to Episode 9 of Through the Firewall. I'm Martin Thompson, and I'm here with Charles Fullwood, Director of Software Sales Engineering with Force 3. How are you doing today, Charles? I'm great, Martin. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. So, uh, well, thanks for taking some time to be here. So before we get you know, into the weeds of network security, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your background and some of the work you do here at Force 3. Thank you. Um, as my title suggests, I have a lot to do with software here at uh, Force 3. Um, I spent a significant amount of time working at IBM in the software industry uh, in several different roles, uh, primarily in a technical pre-sales uh, role and in a leadership role. What are the limitations in how federal agencies are currently gathering information from their environments? I would say that the answer varies from agency to agency. In many cases, what we see are agencies that are looking at various different pieces of software that are gathering log information. They're gathering information around network flows. Um, in, in, in all practical purposes, that information is piecemealed. Uh, in many cases. You may find instances where certain agencies have invested a significant amount of um, money in software tools, um, but by, uh, you know, in many stretches of the imagination, if you will, most cases uh, it's, it's cobbled together. It's a very manual process uh, and, and lots of different uh, solutions are being utilized. So do you think there are limitations to that form of, of intelligence gathering? Uh, absolutely. If you look at security intelligence and you know uh, the 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 art of determining what's going on in, in in the environment, it's a big data problem. There's data coming from many sources. There's data coming from the network devices. There's data coming from the servers. Uh, there's data coming from applications, databases, software on those servers, events, network flows. As I mentioned previously, some agencies are capturing that data with software products. Some agencies are capturing pieces of data. Others are capturing uh, other types of data. So there's a hole. If you, if you think about how do I tell a story, how do I make a decision, you, you make a decision based on all of the information that you get. And if you do, do not receive or you do not have at your fingertips a complete picture, then you can't, you cannot easily make a decision on what to do next. That is really one of the problems that not only federal agencies but commercial entities have as well. They don't have all of the data. They can't stitch it all together and, and tell a, a compelling story or, or paint a picture or determine what the priority is or determine what the threat is. They have to do more analysis. So it is a big data challenge, and some agencies approach it in a big data manner, which means they will purchase uh, software products that they have to program. They have to know what data that they're going after. They have to build the connections into the devices that have that data. And then once they have the data, they have to write rules to interpret the data or to create reports on the data. Now, imagine if you needed data from 20 different sources, you have to manually build all of that. If, if you're trying to gather intelli uh, security uh, threat information, 
what the, the perfect way to do that is in more of an automated fashion. Uh, allow the software to apply certain rules, certain algorithms to gather the information and to be able to provide you uh, with intelligence on the information. You've probably heard the, the uh, acronym SIM, which stands for uh, Security Intelligence Event uh, Management Solution. It really is two different domains that have come together. Uh, it's the security uh, intelligence uh, kind of world and it's the security event management world coming together. Um, what I would say is there's a product that we uh, talk about a lot at Force3, it's called uh, IBM QRadar. And QRadar is an intelligence, a security intelligence platform. It does much more than SIM. Um, and kind of back to your question, um, once you've gathered the intelligence information, what do you do with it? Gathering it is one thing. Um, gathering the events is one thing. How do you correlate those events in, the, in that information? How do you stitch a story together and, and create a picture? And that's what QRadar will do. QRadar will take a, a lot of that security um, and, you know, threat information. Uh, it will compile it. It will correlate it. And it will uh, prioritize, uh, for lack of a better word, a story. Uh, and it will tell you which threats um, are, are important and which ones are not. So what kind of threats are agencies generally prone to? What are the most common instances? Oh, there are many types of threats. Uh, you've probably heard um, about um, you know, common things such as malware, uh, such as you know, phishing. Uh, but there are other threats that are brought by users, uh, users doing certain things behind the firewall, behind all of the, the moats that we put up in terms of the perimeter. Lots of things go on from that perspective. Um, many of the, the tools that are, that are in the industry um, that fall into the category of SIM don't look at anomalies. QRadar, for example, will look at anomalies. It'll look at patterns of usage. Uh, when I say anomalies, I mean how do users operate within the environment? What times of day do they operate? What applications operate? What times? Um, QRadar will analyze that data. It will identify those anomalies, and it, it will start um, you know, sharing that information with, for example, the, the Security Operations Center. Uh, that these anomalies are potential threats. The other thing that QRadar will do, it helps with risk management. It helps you classify the known vulnerabilities. It will help you understand what actions you've taken uh, to minimize those vulnerabilities, and it will classify your, your level of risk. So, for example, um, if there are known vulnerabilities out there in terms of uh, patches on application servers or database servers or what have you, and you haven't patched those servers, QRadar can gather that information. It knows there's a vulnerability. It can determine whether the patch has been applied. If it has been applied, what level of patch has been applied? And it can uh, prioritize or, I should say, rank your uh, vulnerability index. It tells you how vulnerable you are. It's kind of like a, a matrix of security information and how you fit on that matrix, if you will. Um, so vulnerability management is, is key. 
Forensics is another property that QRadar, or I should say a capability that QRadar brings to the table. If you think about security um, threats and um, you know intrusions and things of that nature, um, what QRadar can do is it keeps track of what has occurred. For example, it gathers network flows, it gathers events, it gathers all kinds of things that, that spark to incidents, um, and it will help track uh, over the course of time what's going on. So if, if you have an identified intrusion or an identified event that has occurred, uh, from a forensics perspective, it can help you, the human being, start tracking down, you know, what IP address was the source of that, for example. Um, is that a known IP that's been a threat? It will help you kind of stitch that story together from a, a forensics and investigative perspective. It keeps all of that information. Otherwise, um, it would be up to you um, in, a, in a very manual way to try to pull all of that information together to do the investigation. It would take you know, it could take many, many days, and QRadar helps uh, automate that process. There are generally multiple <clears throat> software packages that agencies work with, correct? Absolutely. How Absolutely. do you think, or to your knowledge, how does QRadar integrate or interact with those softwares? Um, that's, a, that's a very good question. I would say if you look at the area of uh, security intelligence, uh, security event management, uh, log management, there are different products for each of these areas, right? So QRadar, if, if an agency has already invested in, in certain software products, QRadar will integrate with them uh, and capture the data that those products are providing. And how easy is that process, integrating QRadar? Into oh, it's very, it's very, very easy. Uh, QRadar has multiple ways to integrate with um, third-party products uh, with, uh, from a data perspective, from an API perspective. Um, it, it, um, it's designed to, be, uh, uh, to play well with others, if you would. Uh, there are several software products out there that will, will deliver uh, what I would call a minimal capabilities. Um, IBM, for example, has products uh, that could be bolted on to QRadar, for example. Uh, Big Fix, uh, for example, is a product uh, that allows uh, agencies to manage their endpoints. Mass360 is a product um, that allows agencies to manage their, their mobile uh, environment. Um, so QRadar integrates very nicely with the rest of the IBM security portfolio, but as I mentioned, it is also very open and it allows you to integrate with third-party products. Resilient, for example, another IBM software. How does it work alongside and ah, make friends very, with that very, software? Very, very good question. Resilient is what I would describe as a security operations center's best friend. Um, for lack of a better word, Resilient is an automated response uh, orchestration tool. It is completely open. It is more like a framework uh, than anything else. It ties in multiple different ways. It integrates many different ways. Uh, it, is, it is so open that it, it will receive data or can receive data uh, from almost any possible product out there or, or process. Um, now, what Resilient does, it is an automated response, um, as I said, orchestration tool. It allows you, as let's say you're the security officer, 
and you have a best practice for handling threats or handling any type of incident, it allows you to document your best practice for handling that incident and then it orchestrates or automates the flow of how that, that incident is handled. Um, as an example, let's say you have, uh, for example, you have a, a situation uh, that is a potential, um, you know, a, a potential intrusion, for example. Well, what, what uh, Resilient will do is once you've documented how your team responds, um, Resilient can automatically send out emails. It can open a trouble ticket. Uh, it can, if you, you know, tell it to, it can close down uh, ports on the firewall. It, it, there's many different things that it will do, but, but I, I would say the best way to describe it is it's a tool that can be utilized to automate your best practices for handling uh, these threats. Are federal agencies currently using Resilient or other similar softwares? Or does it fit into the current landscape? Resilient is what I would call one of a kind right now. There's not much out there that has um, the capability that Resilient does. So I would say today, most agencies are unaware of it. Uh, we're talking about it uh, frequently, uh, but today there's, there's not many competitors, if any, uh, that will do an automated incident response uh, type of workflow, if you will. So what excites you the most about Resilient? As I mentioned earlier, it is completely open. Resilient plays and likes everything. Um, if, if you have uh, tools in your agency today that you're working with, you have capabilities around, you have skill sets around, fine. Resilient will take the data uh, the security information from those products, uh, and it can weave it into your orchestrated response process. So it's open, it's friendly, it likes, it, you know, it will sit on top of um, and work with uh, any product out there. That's what I really, really like about it. Secondly, I would say um, orchestration and business process have, have been terms that we've used for many, many years but not necessarily in the security response kind of domain. Um, this, is, this is kind of a new animal. Um, resilient, as I mentioned, can automate things. It can allow a team, uh, a response team, to be more effective. It can reduce the amount of time it takes to respond to and fix a, a potential threat. And, and that's what is so appealing about Resilient. So we hear in the news a lot about ransomware. Uh, it's, it's been the target of a lot of publicity. It's a pretty common threat. Uh, can you talk to that a little bit? Tell us maybe how resilient can play a role in defending agencies from that threat? Okay. I, w I would say that resilient will play a role in identifying and responding to situations uh, like ransomware when they occur. But if you combine Resilient with other security products such as QRadar, um, if you think through how um, malware or ransomware or any type of um, you know, threat kind of enters the perimeter, if you will, um, what, ha what happens is hackers, they're very patient. They find ways through the perimeter. 
maybe they find uh, a user ID and password to get into an FTP server. Um, maybe they find a way to get into another server that's not patched. They look at um, the patch levels, they identify there's a vulnerability, and then they plant, um, they plant something there that may be activated at a later time. Or it may be uh, transferred to another server that has an even lower level of, uh, of security patch, uh, and then it, it runs at a later time. Well, Resilient combined with something like a Q-Radar can identify um, the anomalies in the activity, can identify the user activity that's going on, and can pinpoint a potential vulnerability or a potential incident. Once it's, you know, once QRadar says, we, we may have found something, the investigation begins, and what Resilient does, it automates that investigation or response process. So the two tied together uh, would be a way to solution uh, around something like uh, ransomware or malware. So to my understanding, there are close to 20 uh, incident action plans available in Resilient? That's a very good point. Very so good how point. do agencies use these to improve their security process? Okay, if you think of um, threats, if you think of privacy um, uh, incidents, if you will, incidents where um, personal information has been divulged or, or you know leaked or what have you, there, from a compliance perspective, there are specific uh, actions that have to be taken, and depending on the agency, depending on the industry, those actions could be very complicated, very complex. What Resilient does, it documents. It has the most documented required. Uh, actions that have to be taken based on um, the threat or the intrusion or the breach or whatever it is. So, in, um, so, so Resilient has those playbooks, if you will. They are documented procedures and processes that are required by federal agencies, by state agencies. They're kept up to date. So you, as a security officer, don't have to go and you know pull the um, you know pull the binder off the shelf, start searching the web, and try to find out what you need to do next. It's all documented within Resilient. Resilient can then automate that response. Now you heard me talk about playbook. Playbook is the concept of um, what actions are taking if, if, if an intrusion or an incident occurs. If you um, have your own playbook and it's on the shelf uh, and you've spent a significant amount of time on it, you can document your known uh, response inside of Resilient. It can be your source of record um, and it can be utilized um, seamlessly and in a standard manner by anyone on your response team. So there's, uh, there's no interpretation, uh, there's no uh, miscommunication, it's all within Resilient um, and it can be updated, modified uh, at any point in time. So the concept of the playbook and the concept of um, compliance are two really strong uh, capabilities that uh, Resilient bring to the table. So from what you're telling me, it seems like Resilient is, in addition to being compliant and streamlining some of these processes, uh, also highly responsive and customizable to individual agencies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is one of the 
um, primary advantages of the orchestration process. It allows you to dictate what the orchestration is. And by orchestration, I mean the automated workflow, right? You can dictate, you can decide what actions are taken. Uh, for example, you may be um, at a situation where you don't want everything to be fully automated. You want things to be handed off uh, to an actual person and done in a manual process. So, so maybe your orchestration goes and it opens a trouble ticket. And then your incident team is given all of the data and they can start responding in a manual manner. Or you can have things fully automated. So it gives you the flexibility uh, to automate uh, to whatever level you think is best. Charles, could you speak to a little bit specific certifications that federal agencies may be interested in? IBM, for example, since we're talking about QRadar and Resilient, they have development laboratories all over the world that develop products. Um, those labs come together, they build various different components, um, and they deliver in a generally available way. Typically, those products, when they come right out of the lab, they are not designed specifically to meet all of the federal certifications that are out there. So what ends up happening, IBM also has a federally focused team that will take the generally available product and they'll start working with uh, the various certification uh, entities uh, and they'll, they will begin to meet the requirements um, of those uh, entities. So, so therefore, uh, kind of the best way to kind of describe that is that different agencies have different requirements and IBM and IBM's federal team, they work with those agencies, and many of those certifications for many of those agencies have been have been met. There are a huge amount of threats or potential threats that agencies face in the current environment, and some of them, it seems, are harder to protect from than others. For example, phishing, we talked about earlier, is, is user-initiated, and it, it might be something that's harder to block with like a, a firewall or uh, other standard security measures or what have you. Uh, can you talk to how the synergy between the two softwares we discussed, QRadar and Resilient, can detect patterns and protect from you know, internal error, like human error, like phishing? Okay. Um, I would say that the, the human error piece is the most difficult um, because what happens is um, humans are curious. Um, they go in and do some things that they shouldn't be doing, and all of a sudden they open up a can of worms. Well, what happens is QRadar and Resilient are probably not going to stop that human error from occurring, but what they can do to, as, as actions begin to occur and a pattern of events start to take place from that, you know, whatever that phishing uh, scheme is, right, uh, QRadar can identify certain anomalies, right? It depends on what actions are actually being taken. Now, if someone opens up a file and that file starts, you know, making calls to servers, uh, starts trying to log into different devices, etc., well, those are anomalies that QRadar can pick up. Um, and once those anomalies are detected, and once Resilient has... Um, has understood the priority and takes action, uh, then the actions can start shutting things down. But the, the huge vulnerability that cannot be fixed 
with Curator or any product is the human error, unfortunately. Now, having said that, there are human actions that occur on the back end. Uh, you have super users that can go and do things. Uh, they're doing things, you know, at the different times of day. Uh, they're querying databases that maybe they, sh you know, don't normally query. Curator can detect those anomalies, and those are warning signs. Those are red flags, right? Um, for example, you can establish what happens, you know, in in the world of of all of the you know the data that we have today. You establish patterns of normal activity. You you establish thresholds for those patterns, and when you breach those known thresholds, that's an anomaly. It's very simple, but it takes a lot of data, a lot of history, and a lot of knowledge to be able to determine what those patterns are. Right. So, from a from a again from a user um, error perspective, not a lot can be done from human you know human error, but from a, a, an intentional uh, back end kind of threat perspective that, um, you know, when people log into systems they shouldn't log into, transferring data to FTP servers that they shouldn't be using, those things can, can be detected. So we've talked a lot about the ways that QRadar and Resilient can help protect federal agencies. Uh, as we wrap up, could we discuss maybe the main, like the clearest, most tangible ways that these softwares can, can benefit a federal agency? I would say combined or even independently, um, automation is uh, you know a capability that can be achieved. Automating pieces of work, time savings. QRadar can save a tremendous amount of time because of the correlation, the algorithms uh, that correlate uh, events and network flows, and you know all the information that's being passed to QRadar that saves time. Um, so I would, I would really say that automation, um, the saving of time, um, and the ability to document best practices uh, in a way that can be shared you know, from person to person to person, those are all clear um, advantages and um, you know, points uh, that agencies should really kind of take away. All right, Charles Fullwood, Director of Software Sales Engineering with Force3, thank you so much for talking with us today. This has been Through the Firewall with Force 3. Force 3.